Hi, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Cara Lovick. If you're a mental health expert and your client wants to incorporate traditional indigenous medicines into their healing journey, then this episode is going to be one you want to check out. Whether your client is looking at Amazonian medicines like ayahuasca or high Andean Kiro healing modalities, we're going to give you the rundown. We're going to tell you what exactly to expect and how you can actually support your client through this process. Now, if this is the first time that you're tuning into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect to hear. In this podcast, we talk all things Amazonian and High Andean healing traditions of Peru. For over nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers, and for more than half of that time, I have spent it with Amazonian and High Andean Kiro healers of Peru. This podcast is really about me distilling that experience and knowledge so that you can feel closer to these traditions. And of course, if you're looking for authentic traditional indigenous healing but don't know where to look, then check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We work on a very special project with the Kiro community to connect their world-renowned healers with the people who need them. Whether you're looking to alleviate depression, anxiety, addiction urges, or looking to up your personal growth game, Kiro Maestros would be happy to help you by taking a look at the energetics and seeing what we could do to help you. If you go to traditionalmedicinemiami.com, you'll see various plans. And if any of them sound good to you, go ahead and reach out to us. We'll be happy to connect you. So let's get started with today's episode. Mental health experts, I know you're really busy, so I'm going to make this as easy as possible. And I'm going to pretend we're having coffee together. And during that time that it would take us to have coffee, I want to make sure that you're leaving feeling much more confident regarding this topic. So we're going to cover three really important things that you need to know in order to be able to better understand this process and also be able to help support clients that want to give traditional indigenous medicines and disciplines a go. The first thing you need to know as a mental health expert is why it's so important that your client finds the right discipline and medicine to help them alleviate their problems. Uh, The second thing that we're going to go over is the three-step process that traditional indigenous healers use to help clients. We're going to give you an idea of what that looks like and also what you need to know as a mental health expert to really support your client before and after these healing sessions. Now, if you're not really too familiar with the work that traditional indigenous healers do, I would say check out episode 24, the difference between Carl Jung's work and the work pioneered by traditional indigenous healers regarding the unconscious. But essentially, here's the scoop. Carl Jung believed in the potential of understanding and working with the unconscious. He believed that the unconscious housed a lot of raw truth that could really benefit the conscious aspect of an individual's life. So anything that made its way onto the conscious side of life, like dreams, visions, synchronicities, etc., These very important clues that were coming from the unconscious needed to be seized and interpreted correctly so that they can go from vague clue to a pivotal moment, which brings positive changes to a client's life. Carl Jung was really set on trying to extract all the wisdom that was coming from the unconscious. Now, what's really cool about traditional indigenous healers and their discipline is that they're experts at dealing with the unconscious. So instead of having to wait for for a clue to come in from the unconscious world to the conscious world and hoping that you can interpret that sign correctly, indigenous people don't have to do that. They go straight into the unconscious world. They go and see the energetics and spiritual aspects of a problem. And then in a few sessions with their techniques, with their disciplines, they're able to alleviate that problem. 
Now, their disciplines are operating from a vastly different framework than most of our disciplines in modern society because most of our disciplines are grounded and rooted in the conscious side of life, where theirs is rooted and grounded in the unconscious side of life. Nonetheless, they are very successful at alleviating things like depression, suicidal ideation, anxiety, addiction urges, trauma, and much, much more. In just a few sessions, indigenous healers have the ability to alleviate symptoms by 75% or more depending on the case. And traditional indigenous disciplines and health experts and their disciplines really complement each other well. Because while traditional indigenous healers will see a client to reduce and alleviate symptoms and only see that client maybe a few sessions, that client will still need to, for example, rebuild their life and need that kind of support and those resources that only health experts can really provide. For example, we had a client with very severe fentanyl addiction urges, and they tried everything and everyone, and nothing could really reduce these addiction urges for them. After the first session with us, they were able to feel 75% better. Their addiction urges were alleviated that much just after the first session, and we only had to see them a few sessions to really knock that addiction urge to the ground. They were really radically alleviated. Now, at that point would have been a great time for them to see a therapist. All of the rebuilding aspects of that client's healing journey that they couldn't get to because those addiction urges were really getting in the way were now possible to get to. And it's really important to understand that reducing the symptoms is just a tiny aspect of that healing journey. The rest of it has to come in the form of support. It has to come in the form of the resources uh, that mental health experts bring to the table. Now, with that said, let's move on and talk about why it's so important that your client finds the right discipline and medicine to help alleviate their problem. Although most people are more likely to know about Amazonian medicines such as cambo, ayahuasca, and other sacred plant medicines that are used in this tradition, most people know very little about the high Andean Kiro discipline and their healing modalities. Both of these traditional indigenous disciplines that are both found in Peru are incredibly powerful and beautiful. They were actually uh, from the same time frame. They are all pre-Columbian healing traditions uh, and disciplines. But, um, But each medicine, each discipline has its own expertise. It's best to look at things on a case-by-case basis to figure out what discipline should be used at that particular time and what medicine should be used at that particular time for that particular client. Just to give you an example, a lot of people put a lot of pressure on ayahuasca, for example, but there are a lot of people that really shouldn't have ayahuasca. People who are experiencing psychosis, for example, if uh, you don't want to experience a psychedelic experience, this is not the medicine for you. If you have very serious health problems, uh, if you're pregnant, uh, if you don't want to travel, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, for example, ayahuasca wouldn't be the medicine for you. In cases like these, Kiro medicine would probably be ideal because it's not going to be physically or psychologically taxing. Uh, You're not going to have to travel. You don't have to stop taking medication. 
it can all actually be done remotely. They do incredible work just with a picture and a name. (laughs) It's really incredible what they could do. So again, there's different medicines, different disciplines for certain cases. And this isn't even covering the fact that chiromaestros can really take a look at what's going on with the client and then from there decide for them based on the COCA reading Uh, what is going to be best for that client and addressing the issues that they are currently facing. And sometimes it's a combination of medicine and disciplines that are needed for an individual. For example, I had a friend of mine who had suicidal ideation, depression, anxiety, and bad health, okay? And uh, first, they went to the Amazonian healers, they took ayahuasca, and they were able to alleviate the uh, suicidal ideation and uh, depression, but then they still needed to tackle the poor health and also they needed to tackle the anxiety. And the Amazonian medicine that they went to go and take wasn't going to be a good fit. It, it just didn't alleviate those particular symptoms. So when they went with the Kiro Maestros and they received healing, they were able to finally alleviate that really severe anxiety and also they were able to improve their health drastically. So again, for this particular friend, they needed both disciplines to be able to tackle different kinds of problems. And again, it's really just case by case. Sometimes people never have to go and try Amazonian medicines. Sometimes what they need is Amazonian medicines. But what's really cool is that when you have a Kiro Maestro take a look at you, you don't have to wait until you get to like an ayahuasca retreat where the healer at that point would have to drink and then see what's going on. And then you're going to have to be drinking. And then this is how things kind of figure themselves out. With the Kiro Maestro, they could do it remotely with coca readings and they connect differently. Where uh, in the Amazonian tradition, the healer will connect with the ayahuasca uh, and the ayahuasca will guide and, and really help the healer figure out what's going on. With the Kiro, they connect with the uh, sacred mountains and they have a different kind of way of connecting, but they don't have to take plant medicines. Their discipline is very different, and uh, but, but it's equally as powerful. They see incredibly well and they're able to do some incredible healing as well. So it's, it's a really good option. It's a good option to, to uh, consider. Now that I talked about why it's important that the client finds the right discipline and medicine to help alleviate their problems, and now you have really kind of seen that there's, you know, a lot to pick from. So uh, it, it's not just one medicine. It's not just one discipline. Now I want to move into the three-step process that traditional indigenous disciplines used to help clients with. Now, regardless whether it is the Amazonian discipline or the Kiro High Andean discipline, there are three steps that a healer will always take to help a client. The first step is to assess what is happening. The second step is to recommend what to do, uh, what actions to take. And then the third thing that they're going to have to do is actually perform uh, this healing. For the Amazonian discipline. They're going to connect with ayahuasca. The healer will uh, take the ayahuasca and in ceremony and also usually the client will be there uh, to, to also take the ayahuasca. And in ceremony, the healer will see what is happening with this person. And then during ceremony, that will be the time where they are 
uh, getting information as to how to help that person, and they're going to be performing the healing needed. So everything really happens at that same time. The assessment part, the recommendation part, and the healing part will all happen in that ceremony. For the Kiro Hyandian healers, for example, the assessment is going to be different. They're going to do a cocoa reading and they're going to connect with the uh, sacred mountains and Mother Earth. And that is how they're going to find out what is going on with this person. Then based on that cocoa reading, they're going to get the kind of recommendations they need to alleviate the problem for this person. And finally, they're going to actually perform the healing. Now, these healings are performed on different days for uh, a few different reasons. But uh, for example, cleansing days will be on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then all other days are just to fortify uh, energy for that client. And uh, it's done because of the energies of the days. So they have a different method of doing things, but everything is, uh, all of those phases are pretty much defined. But again, in the Amazonian healer's case, it's all happening at that same time. The client usually has to be there and everything is just really happening all at once. Now, like I said, there's benefits to the client uh, having some time with a Kiro Maestro and, and maybe doing a Coca reading first because they won't need to commit to any particular kind of retreat or any kind of medicine or discipline. They can figure out uh, what they think is happening, uh, what they might recommend, and then from there make a better decision as to where to go. But again, uh, most of the time, uh, 99.999% of the time, the Amazonian healer and the retreats that they are working with are not going to do readings before that client gets there. They may do some sort of uh, health screening, uh, ask a few questions, maybe even do an interview, but it's not going to be until that client actually goes to that retreat that they're going to see what exactly is, is going on and how they can help them. And again, it might not be the right discipline. Uh, maybe the right discipline is high Andean, and then maybe uh, then maybe Amazonian at some point in time. But again, uh, it's just better to figure out ahead of time what exactly is happening and what medicine and what discipline is going to be best for resolving that problem for that client. All right, so let's move into number three, what you need to know as a mental health expert to support your client before and after these healing sessions. So here's the deal. As soon as your client is paying for these healing services, whether it is an ayahuasca retreat, whether it is a high Andean Kiro healing plan, whatever it is, as soon as they purchase that service, things are already moving energetically. The level that these medicines work at in terms of reality is very, very deep. It is the energetics that are really underneath the physical. And that's what they study. That's what ancestral sciences are really about. They want to understand what is happening below the surface. And so when changes are occurring at this level, um, you're going to experience some uh, kind of interesting things because, again, it's working at a very deep level of reality. It's very, very, uh, very interesting, <laughs> very different from what we're used to. But as soon as an event is locked in, 
um, they're already experiencing a lot of changes. So they may experience after purchasing, for example, they may start to see what Carl Jung calls synchronicities. They might be seeing numbers everywhere like 11, 11, 33, 33. They might see caterpillars a lot of the time when they're outside or they might see butterflies. Certain images may become really prevalent in their conscious life. Maybe they have dreams. This is very, very normal. And uh, you just have to have a heads up about it so that you can also understand what is happening. Another thing that's very common is that symptoms could be diminished or magnified. Many times when clients are going to receive healing for depression, for trauma, for other things like this, they're going to notice sometimes that their symptoms are being magnified, okay? And this is something that's very good because the more obvious that the problem is, the easier it's going to be to begin working with it. Because the first step is really um, it just kind of showcasing itself. Um, the healer has to see it uh, and to work with it. And a lot of times, as soon as an event's locked in, as soon as a client has paid for something, that process has already begun. It doesn't uh, require that person to set foot in that ayahuasca retreat or for that healer to begin the actual healing process because they're dealing with uh, they're dealing with an aspect of reality where past, present, and future has already happened. And because it's very deep work that works with these very deep layers of reality, um, you see these kinds of very interesting things occur. Now, at that time, if the client begins to feel their symptoms pretty strongly, it's a great time to monitor and describe what they're going through. So they may want to figure out where they're at in terms of severity from one to 10, 10 being the worst. And then as these healing sessions progress, they should also be monitoring their progress because the aim of these healing traditions, of these disciplines, is really moving clients that are at an eight or above in severity down to a two and below. That is really the range that we always aim to get clients down to. Now, after the client has received healing, most of the time I see this with people that have returned from ayahuasca retreats. This is where uh, mental health experts tend to make a mistake. Sometimes people who return from ayahuasca retreats may experience uh, anxiety or other kinds of symptoms. Maybe they're really manic afterward or feel like they're still unsettled by the experience. These can be signs that something is going on at the energetic level. And um, instead of for example, prescribing breathing exercises or uh, doing, uh, telling them to do yoga or anything like that. What you really want to do, especially if they just came back from a retreat or if they have done any of these kinds of medicines, you want to have a traditional indigenous healer take a look at them because I've seen it very often that all they need is just a little work. And the Kiro maestros that we work with, they do great remote work. It could really mean the difference between a client having to suffer with anxiety for months at a time 
or having one single session that resolves the problem. So you don't want to take it into your own hands. You want to make sure that you understand that as soon as that client has signed up for traditional indigenous disciplines, that that discipline has to run parallel to yours because there's going to be some things that your discipline is not going to be able to reach or resolve. And uh, that is usually the biggest mistake I see mental health uh, experts making. Here's the deal. Ayahuasca is very powerful. It's a very powerful medicine. And a lot of things are going to be moved around. Sometimes um, it, the energetics kind of have to be smoothed out. Okay. Um, and, and sometimes that has to occur. But again, as a mental health expert, you need to understand that um, that it, the correct thing would be to contact a traditional indigenous healer to be able to see what's going on first, okay? Because you don't want that person to suffer needlessly. There is an answer to this. I have seen it often and it is resolved very quickly. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. And again, when it does, please don't try to handle this yourself. Uh, there's an easier way and that easy way is just to allow a traditional indigenous healer to take a look at it and help you out and help your client out. If we could just run both disciplines parallel to one another from even before a client commits to a certain discipline or certain medicine and even after they return or they finish their healing sessions to understand the importance of running both uh, the mental health experts discipline and the traditional indigenous healers discipline at the same time is really crucial because that work is kind of always happening until a certain point. And, um, and, and it's really important that people are aware of this. People make this mistake very often because they don't understand these disciplines. And so that's why we need to have better communication uh, about what is happening that way the client can ultimately really get all the benefits from both of these disciplines. Now, of course, after the client comes back and um, presumably these symptoms have really radically been reduced, that is a great time for you mental health expert to really kind of take it from there and, and really grow uh, that client and, and go into places that you couldn't go to before because, for example, trauma was in the way or addiction urges were in the way or depression or suicidal ideation. I mean, now you have eliminated these issues and now you can really uh, be productive and go into areas you couldn't go into before. So really after that, have a lot of fun and, and just be there to support the client the way that, that you know how. Now, the cool thing about our project, Traditional Medicine, you can check out our project at traditionalmedicinemiami.com, is that we work directly with the Kira community. We have the kind of experience with both disciplines, and, uh, and we can really help out when it comes to figuring out what is the problem and figuring out what medicine might be best for a client, what kind of discipline might be best for a client, uh, even providing really incredible remote work 
where your client doesn't even have to go anywhere. Um, and uh, it's really kind of convenient. It's really beautiful. I, I, I really do love this project. And, um, and we're happy to help. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You could go ahead and, and send us a message at traditionalmedicinemiami.com. You can send a message through there. Or if you're on Instagram, connect with us there. We love making friends. You can find us through Traditional Medicine Miami. And uh, yeah, and so we are here. If you have any questions, if your clients have any questions, we'd be happy to uh, help in any way that we can. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that you got a lot from it. I hope that now you understand how important it is for clients to understand their choices, their options when it comes to traditional indigenous disciplines and medicines. Also, I hope now you understand a little better what the process looks like for a client and how traditional indigenous uh, disciplines work and also what you can do, what you got to keep in mind when it comes to supporting your client before and after receiving these healing sessions. So that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much again for spending time with me. I hope that you're having a great day or night wherever you may be. And yeah, go ahead and connect with us on Instagram. We're Traditional Medicine Miami and or send us a message at traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We'd love to uh, hear from you and help out in any way that we can. Thank you so much. And I hope to hang out with you again soon.